hello, mate. Uh, it's rainy New York here. It's sunny London here. Good. Uh, so, you know, we're never short of things to talk about on Media Snack, uh, but every now and again, a story comes along that's kind of too big uh, that it's just going to dominate everything else, I think, for quite a long time. And that's the news that dropped over the weekend that Martin Sorrell has stepped down as CEO of WPP. Uh, I, I found out when I landed on Saturday night, I landed in New York and landed to the news. Um, there's been a lot of chatter over the weekend as to why WPP kind of, you know, dropped the news. Uh, I think straight after the 10, 10 o'clock news had completed in the UK, so there was no, and also no chance to make the Sunday papers. Um, yeah. It kept a lot of a lot of the journalists busy over the weekend, and there's been lots of talk. So here we are on the Monday. Yeah. Um, so just give us a, give us an update on quickly what's happened. Well, uh, so Martin had been under investigation uh, through the board for uh, some practices that were considered to be inappropriate uh, for the CEO. I think they were looking at the misuse of assets. Uh, the findings were going to be made public, I think, or at least to the board this week. Um, there is a board meeting at WPP tomorrow. Uh, and in uh, kind of in anticipation of that, uh, the news came out that Sir Martin had retired in inverted commas uh, on Friday. And, uh, and that has taken not only the media industry by storm, but the business community as a whole, because, uh, you know, he has managed to transcend just the, the business pages, the, the trade press pages, but he's managed to become uh, newsworthy uh, to, pretty much, uh, to pretty much everybody out there that's either been reading uh, a newspaper or, or, or watching a news report. Yeah. So, th so there's been already lots of discussion about, uh, you know, tributes paid to him. I think it's in some places it's like he's died, but, you know, th but I think it's testament to the, to the, the impact and the, and the legacy, if you like, and, uh, you know, the iconic status somewhat that he had across the industry. So, you know, tributes are flooding in. I noticed this morning that there is, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a negative sentiment mostly coming out of the of the creative agency community who felt that you know he he, uh, you know, in assembling lots of the creative assets in the in the in the 80s and the 90s, yeah. um, that some you know had had damaged them. Um, but generally, you know, the sentiment has been positive, and, and you know, we would share that. You know, having I think both worked for uh, or both I've worked for WPP agencies in a number of a number of different agencies in different parts of the world. Uh, and you've worked with them as a as a client, and we now obviously right. uh, collaborate closely with them as part of the work we do for, for advertisers. Um, but the impact that he has made on the industry is is massive uh, because he's almost single handedly changed the shape of advertising the advertising industry globally, and and has been has created a template really for for what many others have copied. That's right. But as a as a figurehead for the industry he was all powerful um and uh you know so high profile that my initial reaction was was not only one of massive surprise because i never thought that this would happen in my in my career or in my lifetime um but but at a time when the industry is uh in such confusion and a state of transition and change uh, he was somewhat of a reassuring figure in that role, knowing that yeah. 
you know, Sir Martin was at the helm. You know, he'd weathered plenty of pretty brutal storms in the th 33 years that he was building up WPP into the enormous conglomerate and business that it, that it is. The fact that he's no longer there, I find a little bit concerning, quite frankly. And I think a number of, of clients and perhaps agency leaders or media leaders within the industry will, will also kind of share that sense of, of not panic, but you know, slight anxiety that somebody with that level of control and, and influence is no, longer, is no longer in that position. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, in, in that role as, as, you know, he was leader of the industry in some respects, wasn't he? And I think you said when we, when we talked yesterday, you know, he was a very calming and rational influence on the industry when it needed to be. In an industry which is, you know, often emotionally charged, yeah. um, often he, he was the voice of reason that came over the top and kind of perhaps reassured uh, people and, and was that stable, calming voice. You know, that's gone. And so... Um, I mean, I think in this episode, we, you know, we're going to talk about in three areas. You know, we've been discussing the, the legacy, um, which is important because there is a legacy there. It may not be the legacy that he would have wanted. Uh, well, it certainly isn't the legacy that he would have wanted. Um, secondly, I think we, you know, we'll talk about the future and the implications for WPP, which we'll come on to uh, now, because that's the big question. You know, I think once the tributes and the, and the legacy have been discussed, you know, there's an urgent need to assess the future of the, of the group um, and then finally let's talk about the you know what what advertisers what the clients of WPP around the world uh, will be thinking today and maybe some questions that they, they're going to be asking across the coming weeks and months yeah okay so uh, in terms of the future then what is what you know this is a huge gap I mean I think you said it's a vacuum yeah uh, what do they do now well, uh, the, f the first thing that they need to do is they need to try and fill it. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't get I didn't get the call. Did you get the call? Didn't that? No, I didn't. Surprisingly, I'm sure I'm sure it's on its way. I mean, what they've okay. done is they've they've put in place obviously a, a, a temporary solution where they've they've got two chief operating officers that are, are going to uh, try and kind of keep calm the waters. Um, but ultimately, their 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 role is to try and find somebody that can replace Sir Martin in the CEO role, and then his or her job will be to develop a, a strategy that can kind of take WPP forward, whatever, whatever that means. But, um, you know, the, the confusion around, uh, a, a, you know, around a, a, a replacement for Sir Martin, I think is doing that business no good whatsoever. So the first thing that they need to do is stabilize the position that they're at and then find the right replacement for Sir Martin to take it forward. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's going to be the tricky thing. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got two little theories on this, and, but, and this is pure speculation, but I mean, every, you know, every, there's now wild speculation everywhere, and there will be, that's not going to go away. Uh, you know, for, for my two cents worth, given that I'm in, I'm in rainy New York, is uh, it's a challenge because, the, you know, the business is so big. It's so big and complicated. Uh, you know, it was designed by his hand, and he ran it, in the way that he wanted to run a business and that was and it's just a, it's a very complex organization it's hundreds and hundreds of companies spread around the world um you know the skill set required to manage such a complex train set uh is going to require you know a FTSE 100 or a fortune 100 global ceo that's the, that's the skills required so the idea of 
you know, promoting one of the agency heads internally to suddenly become a FTSE 100 CEO and a you know, global statesman you know, is, is crazy. If that's the route, so if WPP yeah. continues to be the large conglomerate type business, I know that's a word that he never liked about it, but that's, it's a multi, big multi-divisional business. That's the skill set to be required. That's, those people are hard to find from a standing start and it will take them 12 months probably to, yeah. to, to get that, um, but they obviously need to move quickly if that's the way. The alternative kind of uh, theory, which I'm perhaps more inclined to, is that you know the leadership of the group will probably come could come from within uh, and may be handed to a, a, a more creative leader, so an agency leader, um, a capable agency leader. Yeah. But I think the risk there is that the group is too big to be controlled by somebody who is not a Martin Sorrell. Uh, yeah. So I think you know there's been calls for the breakup of WPP and maybe investors, you know, and analysts far smarter than us will understand maybe reasons why that might happen um i'm not sure that it will cause a breakup but i think to actually segment the business into smaller parts a bit like google google did uh, years ago by establishing the alphabet group uh i think that that seems perfectly reasonable actually and, and to and to hand smaller parts of the group and particular disciplines to certain leaders within who would be able to manage a smaller part of the group, perhaps. Yeah, but I mean, either, either direction, uh, the board needs to decide how they're gonna play it really quickly, because mm. as you rightly said, it's that sense of kind of confusion, ambiguity, that is only gonna become worse and permeate throughout you know, the client organizations, the agencies, and then the client organizations. The people that it affects are, obviously the clients but also the personnel within within their respective agencies because they have always defaulted to Sir Martin as a as a kind of leader of the group and in absence of that uh, you know there is going to be some kind of doubt and perhaps panic spreading within within their organization so the sooner they can make that decision and then decide as to what strategy is best to move WPP forward the better for the group yeah yeah um, so that's important. I expect that they, you know they'll 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 have to start making some announcements. We've heard over the weekend we had some correspondence with some you know senior people, WPP and 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 group companies, uh, you know, with words of reassurance saying you know business as usual, you know, no knee jerk reactions, and uh, you know they have faith in the leadership and all this stuff. Um, and you had a very timely interview this morning. That's right. Yeah. No, I I met uh, Christian Yule, who's the global CEO of of Essence, which is. Um, uh, you know, one of the four kind of network agencies within within Group M, and uh, he was over from the states, and, and we'd arranged to have a uh, have a catch up. He's attending, I think, an important board meeting with WPP tomorrow, and this was this was planned ages ago. Uh, and we had a chat, and whilst he wasn't at liberty to to kind of disclose kind of any news around the, the, the announcement this weekend, I think probably because he didn't know it, um, I asked him what his reaction was, what his narrative was and that of the other agency leaders to their clients and and he said it's just one of reassurance it's business as usual uh the the senior leadership the board will take care of the the situation at, at board level at ceo level their responsibility is to make sure that their clients feel reassured and that their respective agencies are doing everything they can to fulfill the obligations of those kind of contracts so um uh, he seemed pretty philosophical and pretty calm yeah 
and that seems quite consistent with what's coming out from other parts of the group as well. So, um, as you know, as you'd expect. So, uh, you know, the future of the business, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the in the coming weeks and months. But they somebody has to come out with a clear vision. I think yeah. one one of the things you know, I think I mentioned it earlier. You know, horizontality was one of the you know Martin Sorrell's uh, you know catchphrases or buzzwords, and that was that was his idea to try and get the different component parts of WPP to work more closely together in an integrated way. And he's he's you know famously uh, architected a number of you know what they call client teams yeah. uh, within WPP where. You know, um, multiple WPP different agencies across different disciplines collaborate under a rebranded kind of agency to service the major global advertisers, and and you know they are uh, you know some have been successful, some less so, but uh, WPP have been very big on that. Uh, you know we know that horizontality though as a strategy didn't really work too well. There was you know because despite the you know the ambition perhaps that he had. WPP structure never really changed very much to enable that. And so I think it still remains quite a siloed business. Now, when you when you remove the giant controlling leadership from that, uh, it it has you know risk perhaps that the agencies have no incentive to collaborate or less incentive to collaborate. Yeah. Because they're not being held in that healthy tension anymore. Um, so uh, you know, we might see in the coming weeks and months, perhaps uh, I don't know, just some tensions that, that occur between different parts of parts of the business, and that's the thing. Perhaps when we talk now about the impact for advertisers, um, that might be the thing that would worry you, right? As a, as a, if you were a major advertiser of WPP, particularly if it was a, across multiple disciplines, just how they yeah. how those disciplines are going to interact with each other now. Yeah, and continue to collaborate. And you've also got to remember that you know uh, Group M and WPP are are fighting a number of big, high-profile pitches uh, on a different number of kind of angles. I mean, that's just the nature of 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 being such an enormous, big you know media network. But also, we know that this year is pretty frantic when it comes to kind of pitches, um, and they are going to have to convince uh, agencies that are tendering their business. Uh, the the next three or five year kind of contractual term is going to remain pretty positive and pretty calm and and you know the guys that are going in to present and convince these brands that uh, you know uh, Group M or WPP should be the right agency group to look after them uh, could probably do without this. They're going to have to neutralize this first and then deliver against you know the the requirements of the brief. So that's going to be that's going to be challenging. But I mean, there's yeah. some extremely experienced and 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 you know excellent media leaders within within the organisation, and they'll be adept at, at I'd imagine uh, or adept at you know delivering that kind of message. But that's something that they could probably do without, I'm sure. Yeah, and and that's a big decision. I mean, if you if you're a if you're a multinational advertiser and you've got hundreds of millions or billions of dollars worth of media billings in play. Um, you know, there are some big pitches going on at the moment. There are some big pitches, you know, we're anticipating across this year. We've said it's going to be very busy, particularly in media. Um, you know, if you have WPP agencies in the mix, you're talking about, you know, perhaps two, three, five-year commitments, right? Um, now, you know, we're talking here only you know, 24 hours or so after the news, but uh, 
you know, if you're an advertiser that's putting putting a, maybe Group M agencies through a pitch, you're going to want to quickly ask the question, you know, what is WPP going to look like exactly. in, in 12, 18 months time? You know, will it, will it exist? Uh, yeah. you know, what what, what right. am I actually buying into? And there's so much money at stake. Those are going to be very tricky questions. Um, that will naturally be on the on the minds of, of some major advertisers now that are currently pitching and those that are you know you know about to um, about to start a pitch. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and that's that's the issue. And it will it will you know perhaps embolden the other agency groups that are competing. Um, you know, uh, Martin Sorrell was such a powerful influence and such a force. Uh, that you know, in some pitches, you know, they, they would go in a goal ahead, if you like, you know, uh, simply because of his influence and and his charisma uh, within within uh, those kind of relationships. Um, mm -hmm. But it will be really interesting. Uh, this is a these are kind of challenging times, but but I, I think the point you made is is absolutely right. Uh, advertisers going into pitches now will need to be reassured that there is a two, three, four, five year future for WPP before they kind of sign on that dotted line. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is yet again, it's another big story, which feels like the, I mean, it's, the, it's really the end of something. Uh, it really, you know, everybody said end of an era, um, but it is an end of an era. It's the man that took the industry from the mad men days into the math men days. Um, and he was largely the architect for that and had a, such a huge influence, but it is the end. Uh, now uh, we, it's the beginning of something new. It really is the beginning of, of uh, certainly significant change at WPP and, and likely to be a change in, in what's been known as the holding company model. You know, it's not going to disappear, um, but I think there will be a, a really interesting blueprint that comes out of WPP that inevitably will, will be you know, influential across the global industry. Um, it's something that we'll we'll keep coming back to, but I guess you know we wish uh, Sir Martin well in his retirement with his new baby, uh, and I'm sure he's yeah. going to be very busy on that on that score. Okay, um, I might be able to guess the answer to this one, but tell me a good week for a good week, certainly a good weekend for Artur Sadun. Uh, the uh, the C the global CEO of Publicis. Uh, I mean, he must have just thought all of his Christmases had come at once. I mean, this is this is a man that's leading a, a, a holding group that all always is competing against WPP and Group M. Uh, he's well in his way in terms of transforming that organisation behind the kind of the platform of one Publicis. You know, they seem to have successfully transitioned from. Uh, you know his predecessor to kind of a new youthful kind of leader of the, the holding group and it feels as though it's a, it's a holding group and a, and a set of agencies in the ascendancy uh, and so uh, he must be kind of rubbing his hands with glee but if there was a more expensive bottle of champagne opened in Paris this weekend uh, I'd be I'd be somewhat surprised yeah yeah and it, I mean it makes it makes publicist group succession plan look just seamless and textbook um, you know so yeah I'm sure I'm sure he's, a, he's got a good week ahead okay and it's been a bad week for uh, well it's been a bad week I mean it's amazing how much stuff goes on doesn't it I mean the, it's been a bad week for Facebook we, we can't a week can't go by without talking about Facebook 
Um, but you know, just within the last seven days, so much has happened. Um, you know, as you'll as you'll know, Mark Zuckerberg was called to appear before the uh, committees at the Senate and at Congress, um, and uh, you know, it was just farcical. Uh, you know, he he was subject to five hours of questioning on on subsequent days, um, and actually handled himself very well. I mean, he he was incredibly you know exposed and vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, potentially to accusation, but you know, who'd have thought? Then the senators actually had not been briefed; <laughs> didn't didn't really know what they were asking him. <laughs> it, was somewhat, it was somewhat comical. So he handled himself well, um, you know. But but you know, the the prevailing narrative after these hearings is is frankly left at the moment about uh, you know uh, mistakes at Facebook and just the incompetence uh, or lack of competence, should say, uh, amongst the questions uh, from from the government. So he's he's due to go now to uh, be grilled by European Parliament uh, and with GDPR regulations coming in, we're expecting this to be slightly, uh, slightly more uh, stringent. But, um, you know, I, I've got this wacky conspiracy theory that maybe Sorrell and Zuckerberg should swap places. I think that would be, they'd be quite a good <laughs> fit, Sorrell to, to be now an acceptable face of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg to lead a turnaround and modernization of WP. I think I might put some you money get, on that. You get, you get brilliant odds, I think, on that. Yeah. And, and I hear, thanks to the Wall Street Journal, that Sorrell does not have a non-compete clause in his contract. So um, if, you, if you can just ping him a list of current vacancies, you never know. Right, question of the week. Where will WPP's next CEO come from? Will they hire from within, from outside, or whatever? Great. Uh, you can vote up in the corner. Uh, but that's your Media Snack special for this week. Thank you very much for watching. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, give us a thumbs up. But bye for now. See you next time.